Well, welcome everyone to um, Front Page Pass uh, presented by Word Journeys. And I'm your co-host, Bob Yaling. And this is a very, very special show for us. Um, and, and for me particularly, this is the 25th anniversary of Word Journeys. We, we incorporated 25 years ago on Halloween. Mm -hmm. And um, so for the next year, we're gonna be doing 25 year promotions and all sorts of other things to Word Journeys with our clients, with events we go to, with conferences we're at and, and so forth. So we'd like everyone to stay tuned to that through our newsletter and through future podcasts. And along with me for the ride on this special day of, of reminiscing and talking about the last quarter century in the publishing industry are my co-host, um, Lexa Black, our, our podcast producer, Trevor Faith, and our operations manager, who's joining us on the desk today to talk writing, Aaron James. For the first time. Mm -hmm. uh, hey, yeah, Aaron, welcome to the show. <laughs> and welcome to the show, Trevor. And um, yeah, Trevor's Trevor's been the kind of the magic behind the scenes, behind the camera for this podcast so far. And um, and it's it's been really fun. You know, it's just been so much fun to be able to present writing in a talking format. I guess it were. Um, so anyways, uh, first of all, I just want to talk, tell, share with everybody how Word Journeys began real briefly, and then we'll get into some of the experiences and talk about the business. Um, so 25 years ago, I had not yet entered the book space. Um, I, was a, I was the associate publisher for a magazine publishing group in Tampa, Florida, um, and I um, and still in Tampa at that time, magazine publishing, especially um, commemorative titles, so-called one-offs, was thriving. It was just thriving. So there was constantly, um, you know, there's constantly side work to be had and, and, um, and, and writers were coming to me constantly to help them edit their magazine pieces or, or to edit magazines entirely. So that's how Word Journey started. It started out providing services to, to magazine publishers and writers. Um, shortly after that, I started moving more into book publishing space. And um, by 1999, so the, the fourth year of Word Journeys, um, we, we had pretty much migrated three quarters of the way over to books. And that was just editing manuscripts, writing book proposals, and teaching at writers' conferences. And since that time, um, Word Journeys has both, mostly been uh, not really a solopreneurship because I've always worked with subcontractors, but but really as far as day-to-day -day operations, um, one person, sometimes two, with freelancers. And then you know, and then we still uh, we obviously continue to work with freelancers all over the world. Um, then the and so moving fast forward twenty years um, to the pandemic <laughs> and the pandemic there, all of a sudden everybody that was unable to write books because they were so busy in their careers or their lives suddenly had all this free time. They were shut down, they couldn't go to work and they started writing books, a lot of books. And we, we took off, I mean, we took off last year, really. We, we greatly expanded our uh, breadth of services. We greatly expanded our client base and we greatly expanded our team. Um, so now we're, you know, we're five strong plus um, freelancers and um, and the beauty about it is now, and Alexa will talk more about this. Um, and now we're journeys. We we are we're a 360 degree book services provider. We we have we do everything that has to do with books. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, marketing, PR, design, for the most part, um, you know, just essentially everything. Editorial as as, development, yeah. evaluating mm -hmm. manuscripts. Mm -hmm. The entire yep. gambit, for the most part. <laughs> like you said, 360 degree angle. A lot of big words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, why you're behind the camera, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing. We know, where, we know where to put people, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, and, you know, and then we'll talk about things that never – didn't even exist 25 years ago like really email was just starting out the internet was just starting out mm -hmm. there was no such thing as streaming there was no such thing as uh, being able to do your own video book trailer you know mm -hmm. those were done by studios only and a lot um, of the uh, the a lot of things that came out um you know during the pandemic for example uh virtual signings and whatnot um you know conferences etc i mean we've talked about yes. how that's really changed uh a lot about the publishing landscape and you know that's kind of silver lining that it's come out of the entire thing for the publishing industry at least mm -hmm. is uh, all those really innovative ways that we can yes. utilize technology in ways that we never had before you know yeah and and to that our guest last week desiree duffy yes. has definitely the preeminent um book uh, uh, virtual online only book conference and festival it's called book the book fest and it's the bookfest.com for those that are interested in signing up it'll be held uh, next weekend, October uh, 23rd and 24th. Mm -hmm. So sign up quickly if you want to get in there. Um, yeah. So um, and and one of the one of the greatest joys, well, I think the greatest joy, even more so than all the the books um, we've had a pleasure to, uh, to work on, and I'll work on, and we'll talk about that in a minute, is being able to teach and mentor. Um, I grew up in a teaching family. My, my mother, grandmother, great grandmother at least um, probably further generations back, we're all teachers. And they're, you know, uh, my daughter's a teacher. Um, they're just, you know, lots of teachers in our family. So I, I taught college writing for a number of years, but, but through this, through working with Word Journeys, I've been able to teach at writers conferences for the last 20 years, which, so that's teaching professional writers who are already pretty good at what they do, how to make it in the book world. Um, you know, and then teaching the various parts of the writing craft. And, and that's how I met Alexa, actually. Yes. Um, <laughs> we, Alexa, once upon a time, which would be half, about roughly half of her lifetime ago, Alexa, <laughs> Alexa was a young, super uber shy, uh, oh, yes. teenage urban fantasy writer with a, t with a huge gift for writing. And she was the youngest person that would come into the workshops that I used to teach in um, Marion, Kentucky. And she just sat in the back of the room, wrote, 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 wrote. And so I mentored her for a while. And then we, um, you know, then we lost, you know, lost track of each other. What kind of happens? I, I was working in another part of the country. And then 10 years later, we reconnected and lo and behold, she had spent a decade in the publishing industry already. So um, we figured out a way to work together. Exactly. Yeah. And then we kind of consolidated everything, you know, there at the last, and that was a great learning experience too. I mean, uh, you didn't cut me any slack because we went to writers conferences and everything. And like you said, I was shy. So it was very difficult being in the hot seat, talking to uh, literary agents and et cetera at the time, but it was a great learning experience, you know, that's right. You came up to, you came up to India Bloomington, didn't you? I did. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, I had, yeah, cause I had you, um, because I I've had I said you with in a meeting with Verna Dreisbach. That's what, well, yes, okay, yeah. Yeah, who was my agent at the time, right? 
right mm -hmm. yeah so it was yeah. definitely a great learning experience back then and like you said you know a decade later you know here we are working together <laughs> yeah, and that and really helped me help catapult yeah. me into the, the publishing industry i just kind of fell in love with it and uh you know started taking on my own projects worked for a few publishers here and there and uh, did a ton of freelance work and then we got together again and now we have a whole team <laughs> from it. So we have a whole team it's That's pretty right. awesome how it all evolved honestly. well what's really what's really fun for me being out in the publishing world is um you know where journeys is 25 i've been at this now 45 mm -hmm. years um believe it or not it's been 45 years since i started writing professionally which <laughs> i don't believe but that's what the calendar <laughs> says anyways um and um you know and and yet in the publishing world we're perceived as this young vibrant hip mm -hmm. dynamic business um just because we're so fresh and young you know and that's what's that's the beautiful thing about being able to retool and 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 be at this point mm -hmm. in my career is that I get to you know I get to work with young people and mentor to whatever degree I can to help um but mostly learn you know learn learn everything like different mm -hmm. forms of communication how things are done now etc etc um and, and you stay really that, up to date on trends you know as far yeah. as uh just the the literary world is concerned and i feel like that's like you mentioned you know that's where we all kind of uh you know merge our skills together i mean you're bringing in your your wisdom from decades of experience mm -hmm. and then uh you know i guess as you said we kind of keep it you know fresh and yeah. vibrant and even more so you know with our youngest uh our youngest person at word journeys destiny i mean she's yes. she's on the trends yes. that i i'm not even caught up with yet so you as know far, as far as myself i'm more of the organizational <clears throat> and planner of the group i keep um both of you creative geniuses on task every yes, day <laughs> day in and day out but i thoroughly enjoy what i do she yeah, and you're also and and Aaron, you're also the mother of two young exactly. uh, girls. And we one of the things I really pride our I, I take great pride in that we do that uh you know we'll talk about here in a minute mm -hmm. is you know we we're able to work in any genre, nonfiction or mm -hmm. fiction for any genre at all. I mean, there's some that I like more than others, and fortunately, one of them that's not my all-time favorite is Alexa loves it so that works out perfectly um, but we but not only do we do the genres but we can work in all age groups so um, and one of the things we've been able to do because of the two of you uh, is children's books um, so we've gone from really not having any involvement at all in children's books to being able to market promote uh, uh, publicize um, produce and design and also design children's book covers which um, Alexa, right. i'll have you talk about because <laughs> you're, an old, you're an old hand at that so i wanted to just kind of send, you know give it over to the two of you to talk about children's literature a little bit and just you know what it's meant to you to be a part of it it's been a fun process for me because to be quite honest that's the, kind of my stomping grounds uh more or less that's really what i started out doing you know when i switched out of journalism and uh, decided to go more so into the literary world in my early 20s that was probably something that really stuck with me one of the first books that i ever illustrated was a children's book um and you know i've done quite a few since then so like i said it, it's been a fun transition for me because that was where i really started out initially so just having that experience and being able to bring that to the table and bring that into word journeys is is really cool and it's definitely one of my favorites um outside of medieval fantasy <laughs> which i'm obsessed with but, uh that's definitely one of my favorites it's kind of a contrast there between two genres but it's it's been a lot of fun and you know just working with the children's book authors that that yes. we have you um, know. kathy miller in mm -hmm. particular um mm -hmm. she has a great series out and 
we used actually <laughs> used my twin daughters as mm -hmm. her beta readers. Um, and at the progression that they're at right now with their reading levels, um, it was a perfect starting point for them. Mm -hmm. It um, it gave them a sense of what reading was all about. They were able to enjoy the story, the mm -hmm. illustrations that also went along with the text, and it it provided to be great material for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're able to kind of, like you said, beta readers, yeah. you're able to test it out in advance, yes. you know, how kids are going to be receptive to the work. Yes. And it also helped, you know, as far as the writing is concerned, because, I mean, you know, Kathy Miller, she's the, the person behind the text. But, uh, you know, you you also did help edit uh, things pretty extensively. So it's oh, kinda, we're kind of able to yeah. use them to see yeah. how, uh, you know, all the pieces merge together, so to speak. So it's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. All right. And then, um, Trevor, what are some of your favorite genres to read or, or watch? I uh, I hate to admit it on the podcast here, but I've only ever read two books in my lifetime. Um, That's the, why you're a podcast producer, yeah, exactly. not a I, book uh, editor. Was, was, I, I, I was, we had to read some books in high school and college and stuff like that, but the only two books I've ever read on my own are by the same author, Z Zach Bagans, the lead investigator of the, the Ghost Adventures crew. Um, he wrote about his early days, and the book is about. Uh, mm -hmm. The book is called A Dark World, and uh, he also wrote about multiple investigations that he did, like whenever he got into his prime, and that's called I Am Haunted, and just generally about the paranormal. So, um, mm -hmm. so just the paranormal realm. So mm -hmm. the paranormal. If I were to venture out, like venture out into other books, would be more like fantasy and medieval type things. <laughs> so yeah, just like anything dark and paranormal. Or, <laughs> you can tell yeah. we're related. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 I'd like to I'd like to say for our 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 audience, our listening audience, that while you know we have some specific things we're going to talk about in this special show, we are going to bounce around as subjects come up. One thing that just came up a minute ago is beta readers. And beta readers are simply people that read your book as you're writing it or right after you've written it to give you honest, objective feedback. Um, so, you know, some people think of family members as beta readers mm -hmm. or um, in the case of children's books. Yeah, that was no problem. But of course, kids are, are brutally honest anyway. So they're going to get it. Absolutely. Um, and, and, I, and to beta readers, that's my whole point. Be as brutal. For, to have a, a good beta reader is as brutally honest as a child. Absolutely. Um, they they need to be able to separate their emotions or personal feelings mm -hmm. towards you, or mm -hmm. and and also you need to be you the writer need to be uh, self confident enough that you mm -hmm. can take whatever good hearted criticism criticism and feedback that they offer and be um, open to the criticism and willing right. to uh, and, you know, and, tweak your book yeah. and to know what what yes. parts to take out and what to what to leave yeah, in. Yeah, and I, and how many beta readers do we get when we're doing our books? I, I like to say at least four minimum. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You want you want to get you know you want to uh, you you want to balance it out gender wise because your audience is both is women and men mm -hmm. and also non binary as well um, or mm -hmm. what have you the designation. But the point is balance out the genders mm -hmm. when you're getting betas, and then um, another thing is make sure that you have um, one and at least one and maybe two beta readers that are genre specialists. So they're specialists yes, exactly. in the genre you're writing in. Um, and then and then just, and make sure at least one or two of your beta readers reads everything. Just, they, they're just bookworms. Yeah, being um, choosy about your beta, 
Yeah, being yeah. choosy about your beta readers is of uh, right. you know just e of equal mm -hmm. importance, really. But like Bob yeah. was saying, be open to the criticism. And exactly. in other words, don't have your mother beta read your book because everything will be perfect. If it isn't perfect, you'll be told to make it so. Exactly. Very true. Very true. <laughs> um, yeah. So speaking of beta readers, no, we'll all be out of a job. Yeah, and to and point. to um, you know, and to give you an idea of how beta readers work, you <clears throat> might have some friends. You might be in a writers group, or you mm -hmm. might know some people from the writers conference you were just at. That's why networking is so important, and we'll get into that in a minute. Um, but like, for instance, in in my case, I'm getting ready. I'm getting started on a memoir called "Of Running Mind," um, which is a kind of a combination of you know, 25 years of competitive distance running and coaching mm -hmm. and neuroscience. And, you know, this isn't the time or place to really get into the story, but that's kind of what it's going to combine. So I, so, you know, so obviously for beta readers, I need to have people that run these distances and these races that also are really good readers um, because I'm using specific terminology that they would know and um, have to make sure that's right. So the reason why I'm currently in Rockford, Illinois, is I'm on my way. Uh, I'm in transit from uh, north northern Indiana, where last weekend I helped my friend David Nichols. He he ran a hundred mile race. That's you heard that right. He ran the full hundred yep. miles. He did not sit down at all, um, and it Sounds took like him 20, it took him 27 <laughs> hours, which is two hours faster than his goal time. So I beat his goal time by two hours. Um, and then I was his pacer for one of the loops, which is 25 miles. Um, so we had we had done this before seven years ago in California at Western States. And um, and I, I wanted a chapter one for my book, mm -hmm. you know, for chapter, you know, when, when you're planning out chapter one of a book, you want something that just knocks your reader out, you, KOs them, makes them completely submissive to your book the rest of the way. That's the goal of chapter one. And anyone that nuances it any further than that, um, well, you can nuance it, but that's the goal. The goal is to knock your reader over the head and to make them want to turn the page. Um, so with that in mind, I was kind of thinking of a, of a right stuff type chapter one where the person you think is gonna be featured in chapter one isn't. And, and in, in the case of the right stuff, which is Tom Wolf's book about the, the, the early space program, everyone thought Neil Armstrong who walked first on the moon was going to be the subject of chapter one, but it wasn't. It was Pete Conrad, who was mm -hmm. the commander of Apollo 12 and the third person to walk on the moon. And that's because in the author's mind, Pete Conrad epitomized the whole, not only the professionalism and the skill and the science of being an astronaut, but also the cowboy attitude as a test pilot. Um, so I wanted somebody that, you know, I wanted to open the book with an experience that, in, that portrayed just the essence, the purest essence of running, mm -hmm. and nothing does that like a hundred mile race. So, so anyways, we, so I'm gonna, so for chapter one, I'm gonna take memories of 2014, melt them with what we just did this weekend, and then there's a few other pieces in there. Um, but then I, then, and since David is the subject of chapter one, essentially, David Nichols, my friend, yes. he and his wife, Jessica, who's also an ultra runner, who's also, she's also a dissertation editor, um, so they're going to be my beta readers, my first two. So that's an example of how to find beta readers, you know, find people that are in the know on the subject and mm -hmm. are in into reading about it. 
Exactly. Yeah. About that particular genre. And even sometimes it's good to bring in somebody that's not super familiar with that genre. Like with my book, Verithian, you know, it's, uh, it's medieval, but it tends to be, you know, on the dark side and have some heavy horror elements or whatever. And so, you know, I had three, um, friends of mine that are really well-versed and, in a lot of that. And, um, you know, for example, I brought in, you know, one of them does read, uh, medieval fantasy very heavily, big into Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, etc. Read the book, you know, enjoyed it, you know, gave their their two cents on it essentially. But I had another friend of mine um, from college who strictly just horror. I mean, as you know, mm. as dark as you can get. Yeah. And I I told him, you know, I wanted him to to read it, you know, and he certainly had the experience to go through and give a really constructive criticism. And he was like, I don't, I don't even like this genre. I'm like, you need to read it. It's got the it's got that uh that same aura about it. So, and he was probably, um, and this is someone who doesn't read fantasy, probably somebody who gave me more um, constructive criticism mm -hmm. and really helped uh, build upon the book than anybody else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just kind of all about uh, finding the right person that will really uh, fit the genre of your book. And like I said, just offer the, the right, um, right. give enough informative criticism about it, I guess. So just well, an example yeah, of it. Yeah, that's right, that's right. So, um, and, yeah, so beta readers, it's really mm. important to have them. Um, I can tell within five pages if an author has sent it, ha has had beta readers look at their book before they send it to us for review. Exactly. You can just mm. tell. I mean, things are in there that shouldn't be in there and stuff like that. So we had a little change in lineup. Uh, Trevor's now behind the camera where he belongs. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just playing. Well, that and that's one of the things that makes it so fun with us at Word Journeys. We all, we all play around together a lot and about a little bit like family we're almost too comfortable yeah. now so yeah no, it's, a, it's definitely a family vibe to the business that's mm -hmm. for sure which makes sure. it really that's really satisfying for me i really love that As well. um so over the years we've been very blessed and fortunate at word journeys to work with hundreds of clients from all over the world mm -hmm. um and all types of different books um we've had and you know they've been self-published. They've been published by big major publishers. We've had New York Times bestsellers, Wall Street bestsellers, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of Amazon bestsellers. Um, and in, in addition to those clients, we've also worked with thousands of people that have come to our writing workshops and to uh, to con to presentations at conferences. Um, you know, not to mention the the wonderful. Uh, readers that have read all the books that we've been responsible for bringing out or editing or writing. Um, so what I thought we'd do for this segment of our 25th anniversary show, a front page pass, is to um, is to talk about some of the best client or most memorable experiences over the years. <clears throat> and um, I've had the great so so um, one of the, I started out when I was 16. I worked at a newspaper for eight years and it was a daily. So I had to show up every day on deadline and work on deadline every single day, um, starting at six in the morning. And um, that was a discipline that you just can't, you can't buy it. You can't buy it in college. That's, that's a discipline that has completely defined what's happened since just that daily writing. Um, and so early on, very early on, um, when I was at a covering a sports event or something, a writer came up to me and he said two things. He said, great writers read great, writers read great writing. And he mm -hmm. also said to me, um, write about everything every day. So um, I took both of those pieces of advice to heart and they became part of my soul. And um, for those reasons, I've had the incredible fortune of working with some of our 
cultural, athletic, uh, cultural, athletic, musical, um, uh, political, and business icons that are now icons in our world, Hall of Famers, um, just mm -hmm. people that change the game. Uh, people like George Lucas, um, like the late PGA Tour champion and US Open champion, Payne Stewart. Uh, where I worked with the Apollo moonwalkers, all the astronauts that walked on the moon on a project. Uh, Marty Ballin, the late great singer for Jefferson Airplane and one of the original members of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. um, and through the, the magazine publishing group that we all work with, uh, Innovative Properties Worldwide, mm -hmm. which produces Innovation and Tech Today, Sustainability Today, and STEM Today, which are three magazines we're directly responsible for. Um, we've interviewed a ton of great people, you know, uh, uh, Elon Musk, Mark Cuban, Bear uh, Grylls, yeah, and, and, and so Brian forth. Scary. Brian Scary from National Geographic and mm -hmm. Valerie Taylor, who a lot of people yes. don't know. A lot of people don't know that uh, the team that shot all the live action footage for the movie Jaws was a, a man behind the camera and a woman luring out the sharks. <laughs> and, and and Valerie was the one that was out there with 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 the great whites, um, and and Valerie yeah. yeah, and she is a hoot. She is a great person to interview, mm -hmm. um, and she's a legend. I mean, she's eighty five years old, and uh, most of most of Australia's um, shark shark protection policies are in place because of her. Um, so those are the type of people we've had the pleasure to work with and interview. Um, and, and I'm going to share a few experiences with them. But the one that stands out for me, I think, as far as where everything came together, which would be everything where Journeys does, all my, all my writing, my book writing, um, and putting on a great promotion, which we also do, was the hometown signing for Crawl of Fame, which was, which was uh, as three years ago tonight as a matter of fact. Oh, wow. Um, and um, it was in Carlsbad, California, which is my hometown. Mm. And, and it was with Julie Moss, who's the triathlon, Ironman triathlon legend who crashed and burned at the finish line in the 1982 Ironman that was aired on ABC Wide World of Sports. And she made triathlon a, a world sport at that moment. She became famous, the sport became famous, and, um, and she became one of the most iconic figures in American sports because of the courage it took to, to run, bike, and swim 146 total miles when you hadn't done anything longer than a marathon in your life beforehand. Um, and so we had our hometown signing. I, Julie and I worked on the book together. It's her memoir, and I ghost wrote it. Um, and it was at a running store in Carlsbad called the, the Running Center. And um, there were so many people there that we had to set up stuff outside for standing room only. Um, and it was, it was incredible. I mean, it was our, since it was uh, our hometown, we had our own friends and family and fans and stuff come, but also some of our high school teachers showed up and you, you know that you've made, you've done something in the world or you've made a difference or you've done, you know, when a high school teacher shows up for something that you're doing 40 years later. And, um, and then on top of that, we had the pleasure of having the book introduced and, um, you know, in the participation of Armin Katayan, who's a sports writer I grew up with in San Diego County, who later became, uh, who later became a seven-time New York Times bestselling author, one of the top investigative sports journalists in the world, and also a correspondent on 60 Minutes for 10 years. So 
everyone, we all had, we were all were super hungry, young little teenage and early 20s journalists with our goals back in the day. Um, we all had high goals. No one wanted to stay in town. And, um, and Armin made it all the way. I mean, you can't go any higher in, in journalism really than 60 minutes. No, that's can't. pretty much the thing. Not in this country. And um, so anyways, Armin, Armin had written a story on Julie Moss for the San Diego Union that got on the, the Ironman in 1982 that was so good that Sports Illustrated hired him on the spot, which, and then he and his wife, Didi, uh, flew to New York um, and he started literally a week after the call and that was, and then the rest is history. He's been in New York since and just made one of the, one of the greatest sports journalism careers of the, really in, in sports journalism history. Um, anyway, so Armin, um, so we told him we were working on this book and he offered to help and, and one thing led to another and he ended up showing up for our hometown signing. And he asked me ahead of time, can I make a couple of remarks? And I go, of course you can, you can, why don't you introduce Julie? And then, and then Armin showed up and he goes, well, I got something in mind and I'm going, okay, this will be, I don't know what it is, but it'll be interesting. <laughs> uh -oh. And, um, and I said, so, you know, would you like me to set three chairs up, up front? And he goes, yeah, for sure. Three chairs. So we all go up there to sit down and we had uh, my, my dear fr childhood friend, um, Ken Kibo, who's an Emmy Award winner, winning documentary filmmaker, um, and has done a few of my book trailers. He um, he showed up, and he was so he's already streaming on Facebook Live and shooting video and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, anyways, so Armin got up there, and he proceeded to do a sixty-minute long, sixty-minute style interview with Julie and a little bit with me. And um, Oh boy, the third question, you know, there's a really dark moment in Julie's life that happened 12 years ago, and I'm not going to spoil the book for those who want to go buy it. Um, but anyway, she went through a really dark night of the soul that she almost didn't come out of. And, um, and his third question was that question mm -hmm. about that. And, and, you know, and if you watch a 60 minutes interview, they, they warm up on a couple, one or two questions, and then they go for it on the third question. So sure enough, and, and she, Julie, it was funny because I, because Julie was between Armin and me and Julie leans mm -hmm. over and she said, did he really just ask that? And I go, it's, he's a, just remember, he's a 60 minutes guy. He's going to ask it until you answer mm -hmm. it. Right. <laughs> he's going to say, why so, to break the ice? Yeah, yeah. He went and, barreling and, through. Yeah. And it was, we, we sold out of all the books in the store. It was a tremendous signing. And exactly. it really, to me, um, it kind of showcased, um, you know, everything about being an author. I mean, we got, you know, got to sign our books in front of our, our home crowd. Uh, people came to hear the message. They came because mm -hmm. of the message. They came because one of the world's most inspirational athletes was on stage. And um, they, um, and, and, you know, and the, the store made a lot of money off of the book signing. Um, we did good. And, and, and that it was just a great book signing. It was what it's all about total audience engagement, lots of questions, et cetera. Um, and it was just a perfect book promotion. And, and it just, and, you know, and then after writing a book with someone, Julie, who's been my friend since we were 12, um, that, that was really special too. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of one of those beautiful moments that come yes. out of being in this industry to begin mm -hmm. with, you know, just yeah. especially working with people of that caliber and just uh -huh. you know, how things can all come together in that manner. So we've certainly all had our fair share of those moments for sure. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, I have to say that 
one of the books I enjoyed the most was Jerry Reed Sisters. Um, she wrote a nonfiction memoir, kind of like a how-to book in a sense, too, about um, Graceful Exits is the title of it. And it is exiting, you know, relationships, friendships, working relationships, the loss of a parent, a loved one, the loss of even a mm -hmm. pet. And I, I found myself applying some of her techniques to my own life. So not only was mm -hmm. it very insightful and very informational, mm -hmm. but it was also very beneficial to me in, in my personal life. Um, it's, it's a funny story, but... Um, as we mentioned earlier, I'm a mother of twin daughters, and they found a worm outside and built a little nest for it. We <laughs> turned around and walked off, um, only to turn back around and see a bird fly off with it. And mm. I had to pull out the old Jerry's, you know, pets come and go. Um, it's part of life, it. you know. And <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's a funny scenario, <laughs> yes, but um, I, it actually benefited me in a mm -hmm. sense, and it gave me a sense of peace by being able to give them a sense of peace, you know. So, I mean, she has been absolutely one of my favorites thus far to work with. Um, her book is, is great. Um, it will be out soon. Alexa and Bob and myself all did, you know, uh, a tremendous amount of work with her on this. Mm -hmm. So, Oh, I mean, she's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I, you know, I didn't edit the book or anything. I did, you know, read it yes. somewhat extensively and help, her, help work on a yes. few design aspects and go over things. But it was informative even yes. just, uh, you know, working on it as closely as I did, I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was. Yeah. And I should announce, I should, I should announce that she's um, signing the contract yes. right now with Roman Littlefield, absolutely. which will be the publisher of Graceful Exits. And um, initial indications are that it will be published in next summer. So, awesome. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, I can say that now since she's signing on the dotted <laughs> yeah, line. Yeah, finally. Yeah. So, yeah, anyways, older. that's yeah. So, and that's what happens. That's what happens at Word Journeys. I mean, that's you know, that's what we really pride ourselves on with our editing, is we we pride ourselves in being publish ready editors. Um, and I I spent you know I've I've spent uh, the last twenty three years as a book editor. Uh, plus, I've written over twenty books now. Mm -hmm. Um, Alexa's a public, Alexa's a soon to be published author and she's also edited a bunch of books. And then Aaron in the last two years has gotten good fast at editing. Yes. So, um, so, you know, so we have a team of editors, but most importantly, um, we have the experience where we've worked on both sides of the desk, both mm -hmm. as a writer and as an editor. And that, that's really critical, um, because, you know, you need your whoever you get for an editor for your book, they need to know how the publishers and the publishing houses think, and they need to know what they're looking for. Now, there's a lot of freelance editors that hang shingles, um, and and you know, and a lot of them, you know, they do very good work, and you know, many, most, the vast majority do very good work. However, there are some that are charlatans and really aren't qualified for this. Um, and what I like to tell authors is Google Google your editor that you're looking at. And um, the first sign that they're good is that they get they get named editor by name in book titles, in book covers. Absolutely, uh -huh. um, it's kind of a and, telltale. Yes. Yeah. Sign. And the second sign, which is what I tell all authors to do when they're vetting a book editor, is ask the editor to tell you three to five, um, you know, three to five uh, recent titles that they edited, and make sure to t have them tell you something that's been published at least or some things that have been published because obviously if i'm an editor and i'm touting edit 
or publish ready uh, credentials, then I need to know how to get a book published. I need how to get it to the point where it's publishable. Um, so that's that's one thing we really pride ourselves in. We we are able to make things publish ready, and the agents and the publishers and the writers and the conference directors um, that we work with all know that as well. Um, so that's really you know, but but make sure your editor, whoever it is, is um, knows how to has, has has edited books that are published so that they know how to get you there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, and then to that, another, like another really favorite experience I had, and then I'll, then I'll turn it over to Alexa because she's had several, um, was, <laughs> was when I, was when I, when I was working on Just to Add Water, um, well, first of all, I should mention my own book, Voices, the, the novel, it's a rock and roll music novel. And of course, that was my thrill of my life to write that book because I've been a music writer for many years. And um, so I, I really, I baked in about 75 true stories to go along with all the fiction but no one that doesn't know me knows uh, knows of that because there's a writing skill where you can where you take true moments and then you just fictionalize them where you and by doing that you just put them in the flow of your narrative your fictional narrative put them in the persona of your character and then you can put them in and then no one ever knows and it's and it's just um it's a really neat way to add some zest to the narrative when you can't come up with any other ideas. Um, and no one knows, they just don't know. Um, anyway, so for, for Just Add Water, so Just Add Water is the story of Clay Marzo, who's one of the world's top surfers who happens to be autistic and he's quite autistic. I mean, he's, he'd be middle level spectrum in that right. when he's on land, he, he, had, he just has trouble doing the most basic things. Um, and when he's in the water, however, he's an amphibious uh, creature, I mean, I have never seen anybody in the water like this guy. Um, so, and he surfs like, he surfs very acrobatically. He's powerful. He's, he goes forward on the most, uh, on, on the most, on the scariest, most risky waves you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And he just does these amazing acrobatic maneuvers. So the experience that I had was I had, a, I had to turn it into Houghton Mifflin Harcourt um, and I had a week to go and I couldn't get page one right. Um, I could not get the first page of the book right. Now, if you are a week away from turning in a book to, uh, to a major publisher on a book contract yeah. <laughs> and you can't get page one right, uh, let's just say, well, let's just put it this way. Alexa and Aaron wouldn't have wanted to be around me that week. Um, <laughs> that, was a high, that was a high stress week. Uh, so I couldn't get it right. I just couldn't find, I couldn't find a metaphor or a simile, a, a way to compare how Clay Morzo surfs because all the pro surfers, including the great world, multiple world champion Kelly Slater told me, well, I can't describe how he surfs because I can't surf like him. You know, and when they're saying stuff like that, they're just making him undefinable in their, in their realm surfing. I had to figure out how to, you know, use, go to a comparison. Mm -hmm. um, so I went about, so I was at the computer electronics uh, showcase at CES with Innovative Properties Worldwide, the magazines we work with. Mm -hmm. I was there, on business with them. And I had my laptop with me and I'm carrying it around the Las Vegas Convention Center. And I went up to the Polar Watch booth because I was, you know, I was doing a story on, on sports gear. And of course, Polar Watches are a, a great sports gear company, really preeminent uh, brand. And they had, and then the, they, the pitch person who was there um, doing, you know, talking to people and, and signing autographs and stuff was Shannon Miller, who was, 
who's, who's one of the greatest gymnasts in U.S. history. Um, in fact, she, uh, when Simone Biles won a bronze medal this year in Tokyo, she tied Simon or Shannon Miller's all-time record for medals won seven mm -hmm. by a gymnast. So they've each won seven medals, including many golds. Anyway, so Shannon was the star of the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta. Well, the first thing, so I, I, I was talking to Shannon and I knew her from back then just because, you know, working on magazine things then. And we're, so we're catching up and we're talking and I was telling her about, you know, she asked me what books I'm wor working on. And I told her, I said, yeah, I'm just having a really hard time with page one. I'm doing this book on this autistic surfer and I can't describe how he surfs because his peers can't describe how he surfs. Yes. And, um, and, and she goes, she goes, well, what's it like? And I go, well, I mean, I can tell you it's super acrobatic. And, you know, and I, I mean, I, I could have sat there and rattled off a bunch of surf terminology, but she's a gymnast, so she wouldn't know it. So it, it would have been pointless. Yeah. So just, um, and, and so she said, well, can I see him surf? Um, I said, well, as a matter of fact, you can, I have my laptop with me. So I opened up my laptop, put on a YouTube and I, so she watched about three clips and she goes, oh my God, he's just like one of us. She goes, he's amazing. He's just like one of us. So in the in page one, it's like, aha, I got it. Got it. I, got the <laughs> I, wrote, moment. I, wrote, I wrote, he serves like an Olympic champion. He, he, he serves like an Olympic gymnast. That was my line. He, mm -hmm. the way he surfs on waves is like an gym, Olympic gymnast on, on their, uh, on their yeah. equipment, yeah. on their equipment. So um, that was the line. And so it was perfect. It was perfect. It felt right. It was good. And, and you know, a quick tip to writers, if page one doesn't feel right to the point where you close your eyes and it's vibrating, then do not send it. Because exactly, then it's not, if it doesn't feel do right, then it's it. not right. Right, because if it doesn't feel that way to you, it's definitely not feeling that way to your editor. Mm -hmm. So um, anyways, it felt that way to me. And I sent it off to Houghton Mifflin and with, you know, I sent the manuscript, we made the deadline. A week later, I get a call from the acquisition editor and she goes, mm -hmm. Bob, she goes, this is really great, except you can't use that you can't use that simile in page one because because that she goes that's hyperbole who's going to believe that and i go well uh I, I just said well i can get a signed release from shannon miller stating that she gave that to me i could do that and she goes shannon miller the gymnast and i go yeah shannon yes. miller the gymnast she's the one that gave me that line i showed her a youtube of clay surfing last week and 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 the editor goes well uh excuse me that's awesome so, <laughs> it stayed in. Yeah, that is so funny. It stayed in. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> which, which is another little tip, little tip thing I like telling writers is when you're working on a book, you might only be writing on it three, four, five hours a day, um, which and it's pretty. That's a pretty good number to pace to keep, anyways. Because if you keep writing so. on it eight or twelve hours a day, you're going to burn out. But you might only be actually physically writing three, four, five hours a day but you're thinking about it 24 seven. That's the thing about writing books. If the good book writers, the good authors, the authors who put out good books, they're consumed, they're, it, it's, they're obsessed by their books. They're, you're, the story takes over and you have to put the story on paper. And it, when you hear stories about writers having trouble living, you know, just being imbalanced in their life or what, with what have you, um, that's often what it comes to because it's very hard to separate the creative mind space we're in where there's Absolutely. no space and time really there you're just in your moment um to to come out of that and then re-enter which is what it is you're re-entering another world 
Yeah, it's you like get so so immersed in the world that you've created, essentially. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, if you're yeah. fiction writers, I mean, yeah. you kind of just get in that that mindset yeah. where you yeah. know it's hard to pull out of, essentially. Yeah, and so so the example I just gave of Shannon, I mm-hmm. was thinking about the book. I mean, obviously, I was thinking actually in a quite anxiety riddled way at the <laughs> that time. Like, out, how am I gonna, what am I going to do? And then, but but because I had, you know, because it was on my mind you know, things happen when, when, when it's, you know, when that radar is going, things are going to get, you know, things are going to get drawn to you and attracted to you. Mm -hmm. That's just how the law of, that's law of how supply and return works. So, um, you know, so when we're writing books, it's really important on 24 seven focus. Um, so Alexa, tell us about yes. a couple of your. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, you guys feel free to chime in as well, because I know you all have, I'm going to go with more current ones. Um, so I know you guys have worked on these projects as far as the editing is con- are con- is concerned, at least. But two of my favorites um, from the past few years, I have to say, um, and you know me, I, I kind of like, uh, I like a bit of diversity. So I'm going to go <laughs> with uh, the children's book Kathy Miller her Stroll Mooley uh series I did four I've done four four of her books and we're still you know seeking a publisher for her I enjoyed that um I enjoyed the teachings uh that she has in those books obviously I got to illustrate um you know and really bring her her book to life essentially in the characters um to life and that's always you know as an artist as someone who's an editor and an artist it's always great for me to you know, come at it from behind the scenes, and then you know, really just bring those stories and characters to life visually. That to me is just that's just where it's at for me, and I really enjoy it. Um, and I feel like you know, just her, her books are just really brilliant. How they convey messages and uh, t- to kids, and not only that, yeah. I mean, it's an entertaining read for for adults as well. So it was really fun just illustrating that entire series. And I tend to use uh, you know, doing books like that. I tend to use the classic mediums uh, mixed with digital. So I'll start out, you know, doing sketches, um, obviously as most do, but it's usually pencil ink, then go to digital. Very fun to do. Like I said, that's kind of my roots. That's where I really started out after I branched out of journalism. So it was a lot of fun to work with Kathy. She's just, she's a brilliant teacher. Um, and I know you really enjoyed editing the book. So it was kind of fun to see, to be a part of that process and bring that story to life. Yeah. My other one is Paul Bobrowski, yes. who is oh, about yes. Yes. yes, it is a, a horror thriller, cyber tech. You can somewhat throw in there, somewhat yeah. dystopian. I've enjoyed that one immensely because that's also, you know, that's just the genre that I tend to like. And, that, um, and that's the book called Hashtag Traceless, hashtag which will be out very shortly. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, so it was a it's been a blast to work on getting to manage. Um, a lot of the promotional stuff and getting to do the cover, I got to apply some some new techniques and Trevor can probably throw throw that up there. That one has probably been one of my most favorite covers I've done to date. Yes. And I got to apply some really interesting techniques and trends that, um, especially in 2021 for book covers, uh, kind of really playing around with the text and uh, adding adding a more distortion, kind of having it more vague and it being just as much about um, just how bold uh, the text itself can be. Like, um, as you'll see on the cover, the face itself is really distorted and pixelated and they're start you know like you can see you can look it up there's a, that's like a major trend right now so it was really fun for me to be able to um to kind of delve into that and i think I, I really i feel like i really nailed it he enjoyed it and uh you know it was it was really fun and it's been a great pleasure to just to work with paul Bobrowski. Mm-hmm. and uh, we can talk a bit about you know somebody important who has endorsed his book you know jim bus who uh, yeah. is co-owner of the Lakers. Yeah, well, Jim, so that's also pretty cool. Co-owner of the Lakers actually has, has, has actually been personally sponsoring Paul in the, 
-hmm. fulfillment of his writing dream. Mm -hmm. yes. um, so this is actually, you know, and this is kind of a new service that we're doing where we're actually a few choice authors we're helping, mm -hmm. we're directly helping get published. Mm -hmm. uh, Paul Bobrowski is one of them. And then his next book that's coming out is Grace Crossing, which yes, talk about Grace they, Crossing. I mean, Traceless is really good and it's going to get, a, he's going to get a lot of mm -hmm. fans. Absolutely. And then Absolutely. Grace Crossing is going to, he, he knocked that one out of the park as well. And Absolutely. It's a I really story. feel like he's going to knock people off their feet with that book. Yeah. Yeah. And it may, you know, um, and with that book, we won't give too much away, yes. you know, about it, but help heal some of the division that's going on in this yes, country. So it's interesting. Absolutely. Paul's a very versatile author mm -hmm. to go from writing a horror slash book, thriller Aaron, to the time, uh, Aaron. The time, talk about the timing of that book a little. Do what, Aaron? Talk about the timing of that book a little bit. Um, Grace Crossing is set back in <laughs> um, the Deep South in the time of, you know what's the word i'm looking for racial division, civil, racial civil division. um and two unlikely people join forces and 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 create a friendship that is something to be admired by both the whites in the community and the blacks in the community um it shows diversity it shows that you know that true sense <laughs> of friendship and and love that two the two characters can have for each other defy all odds um it is something that once you start reading it's going to be hard for you to put it down um it's probably yeah. going to bring tears to your eyes it mm -hmm. did me um and I, I i just can't wait to see where this one goes awesome yeah and that's you know and, and one thing that's really been you know you met you bring up a thought and that is for, uh, you know all these years of doing all these books um that's that to me is the most gratifying part of the of of book editing is being able not only to uh, to read these really good writers' stories and just see how their minds work and but also just read their imaginations and read what matters to them, um, but also to be to participate in the process of taking them from the condition they are in when we get them mm -hmm. to making them polished books that end up on bookshelves. Yeah. Um, that's incredibly gratifying because yes. you know. Mm -hmm. The thing about it is with in every case, there, there are no exceptions. Um, editing a book is a it's a really awesome responsibility because we're literally taking someone's dream mm -hmm. and helping that helping them on the journey to to have it come true. And it's it's really uh, I don't know. I don't know how you both feel about it. But for me, it adds a, it adds a, a secondary uh, layer of personal responsibility to mm -hmm. me to to know that you know to know that that's what i'm holding i'm not just holding you know a hundred thousand words i'm holding someone's dream mm -hmm. exactly somebody's baby essentially I mean, and to be a part of that evolution is yeah, just and, and, that right yeah i mean it, you know and from an editing standpoint you know because i've done quite a bit of that over the years as well um you know it, it's just great to to see not only witness that evolution especially when you get help mm -hmm. get them a publisher um but just to be a part of it you know mm -hmm. you really had play had a hand and played a role in um you know, helping them hone their craft as an author and really bring that story uh, to life in a story that otherwise, you know, it could be brilliant, but a story that otherwise wouldn't wouldn't be told if it weren't mm -hmm. for, you know, us joining mm -hmm. forces and being I mean, able to help. And for me, I mean, that, you know, seeing the manuscript evolve mm -hmm. and become more, um, but also seeing the author themselves go yes. through this process and seeing how they grow and transform through this process mm -hmm. when we are, you know, responsible for their, their baby, essentially um just seeing seeing the growth within the author is mm -hmm. also something that is extremely rewarding and 
and book editing. Um, see, just the just the change that comes about with each person, each mm-hmm. author that we work with, it's um, it's extremely rewarding to me. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, we could bring up a little bit about Brandon Pilcher. I feel like he's an yes. author also that's yes. really evolved. Um, mm-hmm. And you guys worked worked yes. with as far as uh, the editing is concerned. If you wanted to, yeah, Brandon. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll I'll get into that. Brandon. <laughs> Brandon's one of my. He's come a long way. Authors. Yes. Well, he's one of my favorite authors I've ever worked with. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, when I was coaching high school cross country and track, I I worked a lot with autistic athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, they cross country happens to be the perfect team slash individual sport for an autistic uh, kid to participate in. Um, and uh, you know, and I had some tra- I had some training plus some background having hadn't having worked with Clay Marzo on Just Add Water. Yes. Uh, but anyways, after I'd got done coaching, of course, it's obviously still editing and Brandon was, uh, Brandon was referred uh, to us and, um, and, and Brandon's autistic and he's been on, you know, he's, he's quite on the spectrum, Mm -hmm. uh, but he's a creative genius. He's a, he's a create, he's a mastermind. I mean, he's Mm -hmm. a painter, he's an illustrator, he's. He's, he writes really fascinating, fabulous out there stories. Uh, <laughs> he's definitely, he's definitely into ancient history, uh, but, ancient but, Egyptian, but yes. working, yeah, but working with him was really neat because when we first start, and this, this is a really good story because his book, Priestess of the Lost Colony, we, we released, it came mm-hmm. out through Open Books Press um, in April or May, in April, late April. Late April, yeah. So it's available on newsstands and on or through new, or through bookstores and it's available on Amazon right now. It's a great it's a great read um, about about ancient Egypt, ancient Greece, and and the sacking of a colony and and a brother and sister's efforts to try to get their enslaved uh, countrymates back. That's essentially the story. Um, but Brandon, when he came to me, he'd only he had never finished anything, mm-hmm. and he had only written like. Uh, chapter overlay for what became priestess um so because he's autistic we had to do we had to work in an entirely different way it had to be very structured very Mm -hmm. goal-oriented uh very constantly getting from point a to b a to b so for that process we worked we worked on writing the book and he wrote it over the course of about a year and then we edited it and then we we published it but he grew so much as a writer Absolutely. Uh, he grew so much. He's so much better than he was. And that's all on him. That's not on us. All we can do is say, here's how, you know, here's what you need to do. Um, go within yourself and find your elements, your own story. And, mm-hmm. and take and those tools and kind of run with them. Know, mm-hmm. More dialogue, have them be more emotional, mm-hmm. um, have them have them talk through the entirety of the problem in the dialogue. Those are the types of editing uh that's the type of editing advice we can give, which is great advice, mm-hmm. but we can't do it. You know, that's up to the author to do. And he, he just did a fabulous job and he got rewarded for it. He got a publishing deal and he, mm-hmm. and he published. Um, so that, that was, you know, that was, that was just really neat for me uh, working mm-hmm. with Brandon. It was for me. Think- yeah. It really was for me as well too. Um, because like you said, I mean, he's a, a brilliant writer and he's an excellent illustrator. He comes up with some just absolutely gorgeous, you know, detailed character designs and everything else. So, you know, I, getting to collaborate with him on on the cover itself was just so fun. It was kind of the meeting of the minds, you know, where he he comes at it from just the, the 
purely artistic perspective. And then I got, I kind of got to bring my knowledge, um, you know, as far as the publishing industry and making sure the cover was up to publishing standards and getting to take like, a, you know, certain design elements and piece it together with his really cool illustrations. And that was just so much fun mm -hmm. for me. I had a great time working with him. I feel like I even evolved, you know, <laughs> with Brandon. So it was uh, a lot of fun. With Brandon personally, one of the best things that I can say about him is his descriptive details. Yes. The picture that is in his head, he transforms it into words and relays that picture into my brain. In detail. In detail. It, he is absolutely a master at his skill when it comes to that. You have, there is, there's no crevice left unturned. You have a visual picture in your mind as you read the words that are leaping off the page at mm -hmm. you. Brandon is, that is one of the things mm -hmm. I enjoyed most, especially through the editing process with, mm -hmm. with Brandon was the, the amount of descriptive detail that he incorporates into his story to mm -hmm. fill my mind with, with the visuals set back in a time where I didn't exist, you know, mm -hmm. and to see just how, just how great he is at that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was one of the um, yeah. best, visual pictures i've gotten reading mm -hmm. a, a manuscript and, absolutely right and the beauty about brandon is he just doesn't write novels he writes short mm -hmm. short mm -hmm. stories yes. too so really he's not only is priestess available but all the short stories are available on amazon too that's brandon pilcher um a couple of other authors we worked with and unfortunately we're already running out of time oh. is um i'd like to i'd like to just mention quickly mm -hmm. our uh chris Rydell, who yes. uh who whose book blood money was published by acorn publishing mm -hmm. late about a year ago and chris um you know chris was a medical lab ceo medical testing lab ceo who was who's basically forced out of business by the two giants uh, quest and lab Corps. and then he he became a, a fraud fighter um another term for its whistleblower uh to because he noticed uh, outrageous fraud going on in the way that that these these companies and others were were uh, undercharging doctors and overcharging state uh, Medicare and Medicaid. Mm -hmm. So in other words, they were defrauding the government for billions of dollars, um, which is taxpayers, which is us. So, um, anyways, we got we I had the privilege of ghostwriting that book. It's a lot different than what we were used to working with. And, um, you know, and then that came out a year ago and that's, I mean, that's just gotten rave reviews and, and Chris is, you know, he's one, he's just known in the, in the world by having the guts to stand up to these guys. Mm -hmm. Um, so that book was really fun. Another one was totally different. I mean, about <laughs> as far off the beaten path as you can go from that is, I know is the adventures of, uh, the Adventures of Cosmo oh, Lovejoy, yes, yes. EXP as an experience mm -hmm. um, by Patrick O'Brien, who and this book, this is interesting. Now this, now this, now this is a story of a, of, an, of a person's perseverance and determination to get a story they need that they know needs to be told out there, mm -hmm. because Patrick started working on this many, many years ago, um, and it's and it, it's just an incredible story of. Um, of a young man coming of age in a in a spiritual bohemian hippie uh, way, but also growing as a man during the late 60s and early 70s. Then he goes all over Mexico, New, New Mexico, California, Europe, the world, 
Um, and he, you know, and that's, and that's the story and it's just colorful. It's beautiful. It's brilliant. It's funny. It's poignant. Mm -hmm. It's got human tragedy in it. It's got human triumph in it. Um, but, but, but Patrick, you know, he kept working on it, putting it away, working on it and putting it away. And finally, about a year and a half ago, he got a hold of us and, and we were able to get him finished. And then Alexa designed the book cover um, along with, uh, you know, with, with Patrick's input. And then, and then that book is out as well. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then we've got others that we're, we're working on. Uh, we just signed a deal with uh, Tammy Cuts Robertson mm -hmm. to, to, to publish her poetry and art book. Mm -hmm. So that'll be fun. And then we have, other, we have other projects that are just getting underway too, and then others that we're finishing. But um, that's been really, that's been kind of really fun, you know, to just, you know, for all the, all the years of working in this industry and also all the different services we've always offered, mm -hmm. marketing, PR promotions, editing, ghostwriting, blah, blah, Absolutely. blah. To have this book production kind of side that we, and we do it very sparingly. We're very, mm -hmm. we're like the tiny little boutique place but um but it's just really fun yeah it truly is and just the level of diversity um mm -hmm. just within genres and clients mm -hmm. and just the material itself is just for me is probably what, what has been some of the the most fun aspects of yes. working with word journeys is just um you know being able to explore all those facets all those genres and everything because that's what i i really enjoy and that keeps it from keeps anything as far as work is uh concerned from from feeling um stale i guess yes. it's just it's just so yes. yeah everything is just so vibrant you know yes. when you have a new a new genre a new author come across your desk mm -hmm. it's just uh every yeah. day is a journey yeah. within word journeys there you go yeah. <laughs> and you know and i realize i'm speaking with incredible amount of bias here because i really don't know anything as a as a uh, you know as a professional other than writing because mm -hmm. i was 16 when i started so this has literally been my life but i can't tell you how many, uh, how many friends and great friends I've made all over the world from this career, from being, from writing and just being part of it exactly. um, and networking and so forth. And it's like a family thing. I mean, we're journeys. We're all going to the Southern California Writers Conference in San mm -hmm. Diego in February, where we're going to be presenting front page past live broadcasts, interviewing different attendees mm -hmm. and agents and publishers and stuff. Um, and then, and then uh, Alexa and I will be doing presentations and we'll be talking, you know, doing pitch sessions with writers, et cetera. But, you know, I've been a part of that conference since 2010. And every time I show up, it's a family reunion. That's exactly what it feels like. Absolutely. It doesn't feel any different than a blood family reunion to me. And that because writing and writers have become family. And that's, you know, and the, and the thing about it and why I tell writers, um, it's so important to get out and do these public events once in a while, whether it's mm -hmm. go to a signing, go to a reading, uh, go to a writer's conference, go to workshops, join a book group. And it's really important because number one, we are isolated all the time when we're writing. We're constantly isolated. We're constantly alone. Um, it's, it's like, I don't know about you, the two of you, but I cannot write if I got a a bunch of people around talking. No, not at all. <laughs> it's a very solitary thing. And when yeah. you're all, when when you're diving into a novel or diving into a nonfiction book, mm -hmm. at the very least, it's going to take uh, weeks of your life, and it's it's and most certain, you know, most likely taking months, and sometimes even takes years of of your that's that gets lonely too because mm -hmm. that becomes your life. That becomes your and it can. 
you're not lonely when you're in the world of writing, but it feels lonely when you come out. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you have to network yeah. and leave the cave, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a process that can really mess with your mental health if True. you don't balance it out by doing some public stuff too. Exactly. Um, conferences are a great place to go because everybody that's there is in the same position. Mm -hmm. We're all those writers in a cave that are coming out of the cave for three mm -hmm. days to, you know, hang out at the bar, uh, go to go to reading groups at the conference with each other, blah, blah, blah. And it's all with like-minded people as well. I mean, it's yeah. like you said, it's just people who know the industry or are in this exact same position that you're in. So yeah, and, and not only that, but it's, and that. you meet people and you network with them. And as writers, and you know, one of the things we have to do that we didn't have to do 25 years ago is market our own work. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so one of the things that we do is we constantly can network. So when I come out with a new book now, or when one of our clients comes out with a new book, and I put the word around, many of the people that go to the Southern California Writers Conference that I've known the last 12 years will put it on their Facebook pages. They'll, they'll repost. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's another value of going to these events. You network with people that are in the same boat you are, and, and you're able to, um, um, you know, you just learn, you just help each other out. You help each other succeed. Because this is very much a uh, help each other succeed industry. Mm -hmm. It is, I mean, anybody that comes in thinking I'm your arch competitor, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mm -hmm. sell my books and you're not selling yours. Well, that's the wrong industry for you. It, it really just, is. Yeah. It's the wrong mentality to have. It is. I Completely. mean, in the, you know, in business, in, in providing author services and, and providing services, there's a little bit more competition for sure. But, but when it comes to actually supporting each other as authors, mm -hmm. doing our books, there shouldn't there shouldn't be anything but everybody scratching Support. each other's backs. Yeah, agreed. Well said, hard, Bob. It's hard, yeah. Okay, just before we say goodbye, we wanted to bring Trevor back in in front Hold of the him camera. Back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we decided to bring him back in. Didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a timeout. He can come back in. <laughs> I'm, I'm flowing the team. <laughs> and, and by the way, uh, to our listeners, this is what I mean by friendly banner that happens when you know each other as family and yeah. uh, <laughs> you. Uh, and also just, it's, it's part of the beauty of working together with a, with a group that works so well. Absolutely, um, a lot of good that. banter, so. Um, you know, so we're getting near the end of the show and this has been a really special show and I mm -hmm. wanna thank everybody that, that has on here on YouTube and all of the audio uh, platforms that we've podcast on Absolutely. today. Our website for those of you, for everybody, uh, whether wants to work with us to help, help you with your books or read our books or whatever, or whatever needs you might have is uh, wordjourneysliterary.com. Uh, so www.wordjourneysliterary.com. Um, and we we did. There was one other piece I wanted to put in this special show, but I think we're going to do a series of 25 year shows during the course of the next year because mm -hmm. we're going to spend the next year just commemorating things in our history for 25 years. Um, because there's, you know, there's a number of different literary services businesses out there right now, Absolutely. but we for sure are one of the oldest. Um, there's no question about it. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's, you know, and when you, when you've been at something this long, you've earned a few stripes and the stripes mm -hmm. we've earned are the ability to tell stories from a perspective in the publishing industry. So the next time we do a special show, um, we're going to, Alexa and I are going to talk to you about six of the ways that publishing has changed in the last 25 years mm -hmm. and why it matters a great deal to you, the author, because some of those changes have put more work on your desk. And we'll, we'll talk more about that and, and, and some of the things that means. Yes, yeah, still um, the whole landscape of it. Exactly. 
Yeah, yeah. Things like marketing and mm -hmm. having to do our own social. Well, social wasn't even around 25 years ago. Um, and, um, you know, things like uh, the many, many ways you can write your story now. You don't just have to write a print book. There's mm -hmm. ebooks, there's audio books, there's, there's uh, blogs, there's websites specific to different genres. There's, there's websites specific to short stories. So there's just many ways that you can... Mm -hmm. uh, that and publishing standards um, have somewhat changed over the years yeah. so we'll likely delve into and, some and of that we'll as well. keep everybody and we'll keep everybody um um you know we'll keep everybody posted on on everything that we do we have a newsletter that's debuting november one through mailchimp and and we also have our podcast or front mm -hmm. page pass that you'll get you can see every week um and we'll keep you updated through our newsletter and through our mailing list and if you're interested in opting into our mailing list go to info at uh, wordjourneysliterary.com and we'll get you on the list um, and you'll awesome. get the you'll get that newsletter mm -hmm. beginning of every month in your inbox also be sure to follow us on social media um, mm -hmm. follow us on facebook and instagram in particular i mean we we do quite a bit we pop we post pretty informative uh tidbits on there um you know just interesting things about anything to do with the literary world so mm -hmm. um you know just to keep informed and stay updates up to date our clients clients and, and updates on events coming up and various things like that and also just uh you know certain niches within the the publishing industry that you know you don't often see too much we we tend to cover so because like bob said you know we've been around for so long um there's some things that we've picked up on you know so obviously we're, we're on there sharing them so just be sure to visit us on those yeah Yep. And I'm looking forward to, you know, we have a lot going on at Word Journeys and I know mm -hmm. Trevor and Alexa are getting ready to shoot uh, Paul Bobrowski's mm -hmm. uh, book trailer for um, Grace Crossing, which mm -hmm. is the second book that Aaron, you know, that Aaron gave us a quick description of. Um, and that's, you know, that's just part of the fun of, of what Word Journeys has become every day is, and, that, and how many people can go to work every morning and, and say today is going to be a lot you know, different than yesterday whether it's whether mm -hmm. the task we do is different or the person we work with is different or their material is different. Um, and we, we literally get to go to work every day and say to, you know, it's not going to be Who the knows? same. As <laughs> it's a wild card. What's today going to bring? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It can be a nice mellow day of reading manuscripts and editing, or it can be this wild thing with all sorts of, you know, That's how we like and, it. Meetings and everything else. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. Well, thank you guys for, checking us right. out yeah. yeah all right thank we'll you see. and thank you once again to all of the the clients the authors the agents yes. the yes. publishers the uh editors the um uh, conference directors and everybody that has helped make mm -hmm. my word journey in the last 45 years but 25 of this company so special because you are you are my family mm -hmm. um you've been You've been there for me so much and I, you know, since writing is my life, I don't even know what a life would be without it. Um, so, uh, but I just want to thank everybody that's been a part of this journey so far and really looking forward to taking the journey with everyone that comes in from this point forward. Absolutely. So yes. Thank you all so very much. Thank you. And, um, yes. you. and we will see you on the next edition of Front Page Pass. See you. Have a great day.